Steelers by the Lake podcast. My name is James Strong, joined once again by my co-host Cody Tanner, all the way from West Virginia. Cody, how are you doing this fine Tuesday evening? James, I'm doing fantastic. Yes, you heard it correct. If you didn't hear on the last episode about me moving, uh, surprise, I moved again. First to Texas, and now I'm back up towards the north where James, the, the grass was a little wet when I woke up this morning because of the dew. And I was like, this has been so long since I've seen this. Um, <clears throat> so that was exciting this morning. Uh, but yeah, I did move to West Virginia living with uh, my girlfriend, although she's in Nashville for three more weeks, unfortunately, for an internship. But that's OK. I'm chilling here, hanging out with all the dogs. I have one. She has four and I have a cat. So it's been a good time. I'm tired of driving, James. That's how I'm doing. You asked how I was doing. I'm tired of driving. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame you. Drove straight from Texas in the U-Haul to West Virginia, then drove her back to Nashville and back in the same day. It's been a lot of driving. Uh, but James, how are how you? How long is that trip from Nashville to where you're at in West Virginia? Uh, how many a, hours is it's that? A, it's about six hours. Okay. Um, so it was like 12-hour drive. I didn't have to drive her all the way. I drove her to her car because she flew to Texas left her yeah, car at yeah. work, which was right next to the airport, um, and then drove with me in the U-Haul, and then I drove her back to her car. So I saved about a half an hour. It's only about a five and a half hours, but still 11 hours yesterday. Yeah. I was in a car. Yeah. yeah, it's a great time. We did go to the new Bucky's. If you don't know what Bucky's is, it's a gas station. It's not a gas station. It's an experience. Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> like a sheets, kind of? No. Oh, do you not know what Bucky's is? Uh, no, they're not around here, man. So I know they're not around uh, there, but I know that you've traveled and done stuff. And okay, so Bucky's is like a. Uh, Texas not only thing. have I not been there, I thought it was pronounced Bucci's. So Bucci's? I no, yeah, yeah, because the spelling, man. There's That's no fair. K. That's fair. No, it's it's uh it's a Bucky's and it's a Texas thing originally. And I had yeah. and I was in Texas for you know ten months and I'd never gone. My my uh, biological father always told me to go get the candied jalapenos and i was like okay i'll go the closest one was like two hours from me in texas just not yeah. worth a drive in my opinion to go to a gas station uh it's crazy we went to the biggest one they just finished making uh building in uh right off the pigeon forge exit in tennessee so if you get the chance to go i can't remember the name of the actual town or exit uh james there's 120 gas pumps Holy crap. <laughs> 120. The building or the, I don't know if it's the building or the plots, like 4,700 square feet or 40, excuse me, 47,000 square feet. Yeah. It's wild. It was crazy. But yeah, so it was a good time. And then the U-Haul drive was about 24 hours. So 24, 11, 35 hours out of 48, I was in a car. <laughs> uh, it's actually exit yeah. 407 in Severville, Pigeon Forge, Gatlinburg exit. Gatlinburg. Yeah. That sounds real familiar. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe Jack Daniels is from that general area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. why that sounds familiar. Uh, anyway, so let's get into some Steelers news. We got you guys no, caught no, up on our personal lives How are here. you? How are you? I'm, I'm doing good, man. How's doing the, good. How's the knee? It's up and down, you okay, know, mostly. Fair. Yeah, more, more days up than down. So we'll take it. We'll take it. Absolutely. All right, now you're right. Steelers news. Okay. <laughs> okay, now Steelers news. Now we can get going on this. Um, so, latest stuff going on here. The uh, Steelers had three players that hit their proven performance escalator, which means they have played 
uh, more than I want to say it's 66% of the snaps based off of their side of the football, whether it be an offensive player, defensive player, or yes, a special teams player. Uh, so Alex Highsmith hit his, which means he goes all the way up to a 2.6 or $7 million contract this year. Uh, same thing for Kevin Dotson, who yeah got the starting job the last couple of years. So he yep. hit plenty of snaps for that. Hope he enjoyed Third it while it lasted. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> got just in time for that fourth season raise where he didn't play much. Uh, and then Braden Mann, the punter that we acquired from the New York Jets, uh, being that that was a claim off of waivers, he's still on his original contract, which means he qualifies for it. And his playing time also means he qualified for it. So all three of those guys would be making the same exact money this upcoming season, which is kind of crazy. You got a guy that was a borderline pro bowler, a guy that got uh, replaced in his, his starting job, even though he was the start of the last couple and of years. Backup special and, teamer. <laughs> and a backup punter that might not even make the team. <laughs> <laughs> pretty crazy to see the uh, the difference there but yeah i think both of us expect alex highsmith to see that extension 100 percent. and james you even mentioned it before the show i'm not going to take your thunder from this this even now bids the question of do you trade kevin dotson do you yeah. try, do you try to move him with the depth we have at the offensive line now uh what's the plan there so this could play a factor in that um but i don't i don't see it playing a big enough factor to where they would change their mind if they weren't going to change him to trading him you know what i mean um, but I think if they're if they were going to trade him, they might be more amped to get that going a little bit. Yeah, I, I think that that they're not going to use this as a reason to trade them. They're Correct. not going to dump them for a seventh round pick. Yeah. Uh, but let's say training camp starts up and somebody's starting guard goes down. They don't have a good backup. They're willing to to get rid of a fourth round pick or something or maybe even a fifth round pick uh, in order to acquire Kevin Dotson. Well, then, hey, you, you, maybe you consider that knowing that you have a little bit of depth more than you've had in previous seasons, uh, especially maybe if you see a little bit of progression out of some of the other backups. You know, maybe Spencer Anderson looks really good. Maybe uh, maybe even Kendrick Green gets it together and looks like a viable backup. Yeah. Um, well, and let's be real. Depending on the team, depending on the player, depending on the situation, there's a chance Dotson could go for a third. Quite frankly, if a team's desperate enough, there's a chance. But you get a fourth or fifth out of him for, and you see that, you know, progression from one of the other guys, that's so worth it, in my opinion. Yeah, especially if you were somehow able to get a fourth, you spent a fourth on him. Yeah, yeah. Talk about an equal So you've got (laughs) three years of starting out of him, and then you get the fourth round pick back at the end and get to go pick somebody again. That's that's incredible if if that were to happen. Yeah. Uh, So definitely keep your eyes open on that. Uh, and I don't know if this is going to factor into the decision between Braden Mann versus Presley Harvin the third, but I have a feeling that if it's really close and they're both about the same Pittsburgh's loyalty to Presley Harvin the third and the fact that he's going to be about a third of the money will yep. really push it in his direction. Yep. So I think that does make it a little more difficult for Braden Mann. He's really going to have to to shine and really outduel. Uh, Presley Harvin the third yeah. to win that job. Yeah, and he definitely knows that too. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> James. Before we get into this, I just I want to just explain what we're going to talk about today because uh, we didn't do that at the beginning. We are going to talk about what current Steelers uh, we believe are future Hall of Famers and which ones kind of are on the border, uh, and then we're also going to go over the free agents from next year who we think we should keep, who we think we should get rid of, the price tag on them for this year, 
it, whether or not they're going to make the team this year, James. Some of these guys we didn't even have on our 53-man roster. So um, really interesting to look at next year's free agents and how that will impact uh, Pittsburgh's cap, Pittsburgh's draft, all the kinds of things that, that Pittsburgh's going to do. So, James, first off, let's talk current Steelers who could be future HOFers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Uh, so the the question is, who do you think that is on the Steelers roster right now is going to end up in the Hall of Fame? Uh, so I think that the the number one guy you got to start talking about with this is Cam Hayward. Uh, Cam's got five, I believe, Pro Bowls under his belt now, and I think three first-team All-Pros. Uh, Cody's looking that up for me right now to make sure that I've got the correct facts going on there and not just those false ones that sometimes I make up. Uh, but I think that Cam's trending in the right direction. I think if he gets that sixth one, it's tough to tell him he can't go. And if he gets a seventh one, he's basically a shoe in. You talking uh, about Pro Bowls? Pro Bowls, yeah. Does he have five right now? He has six in a row. Six right now. So that's even better than I thought. Yeah, uh, so in, to me, six, in a six row is that magic number. Six in a row with alternating first team all pro as well. Okay, so, so he's he got three. three first team all pros. Yeah, yeah. So that's a he's, really he's good resume. In. He's probably yeah. already in. He's he's got a really good resume right now. Uh, six is usually enough to get people in. So uh, I'm excited to see that. I really hope to see him get a couple more under his belt just to make it one of those things that when he is eligible, people say, "Oh yeah." Yeah, Cam Hayward, obviously, is going in. Uh, I don't want it to be a debate. Uh, so that's where I stand on that. What are, What about you? You think he's first ballot right now, or you think he needs to win one or two more? I think he needs to win at least one more uh, to be a first ballot. I think he also needs to up, up the uh, sack stats. Um, he's sitting yeah. right now ranked at 125 all time. If he literally has a 10-sack season this year, James, it bumps him up into the top 100. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if he gets 10, he's and what do you of, have like 10 and a half last year. So yeah. it's very doable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, James Harrison is at 84 and a half and we'll get to him later, but that's another guy that people talk about with the hall of fame. You have guys like Willie McGinnis at 86, you know, Cam Hayward at 78 and a half is on his way, um, to break a hundred potentially. If he breaks a hundred, James, uh, say he, say he ends his career at a hundred sacks, which I don't think he's going to yeah. do. I think he'll get more. Um, He's in the top 60 at that point. So, Yeah, and you got to look at how many guys in that list are defensive linemen, too. Probably a good majority of those guys on the top sack list are defensive end, end or outside linebacker type guys. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, usually you don't have too many guys that are playing in the interior almost their entire career with that many sacks. I mean, he has a chance of being the first one to the Steelers record. You know, the Steelers – career record he could he's in front of tj watt by one sack i believe right yeah. now. and let list. me let me clarify i was actually looking at the unofficial leaders since 1960 uh i believe the sack was officially made a stat in 82 and so right. and so that official leaderboard he's actually sitting at 82 already <laughs> <laughs> so i mean if he gets 10 this year he's in the top 60 so again yeah. it's not going to be hard for him to become a first ballot hall of famer in my eyes um, especially yeah. with the help he's getting on that defense. And with that being said, another guy we're going to talk about, TJ Watt. TJ Watt yeah. is already having himself an amazing career. Um, I don't know where he's at on the leaderboard, but I can find out. He's not. He's like off. a sack behind Cam. So 
<laughs> so just scroll down ever so slightly and you'll find tj watt yeah yeah he's literally a sack behind so he's at 84 already yeah. mm-hmm. um and he has what six years less than cam hayward mm-hmm. yeah he's he's gonna rock it into that that top probably 20 spots if i'm being honest um his brother jj watt finished with 114 and a half so and was sitting at yeah 24 and what's TJ in his career so far? Four Pro Bowls, I want to say. TJ in his career is <laughs> James. You keep you keep getting off. He's at five. He's at five already. Five and three All Pros. Yeah, <laughs> first team on all three of those. Yep, and Defensive Player of the Year. What twice? No, once. Yeah, and set the sack record, or I should say, tied the sack record. I think it was defensive player of the year once so far. Once, yeah. I don't think yeah, I don't think he has it twice. He should have had it twice. Yep. Uh but yeah, this is another one that if his his career ended right now, is he in the Hall of Fame? I say yes because of the fact that he tied the sack record and the fact that he already has a defensive player of the year on his resume. But the the crazy thing is that it seems like he's a guy that could probably play at a high level for another five or six years, Easily. maybe more. A lot of outside linebackers play into their mid to late 30s. Barring an injury, absolutely. 100%. Yeah, it, and he already came back from something that could be a devastating injury and a torn pectoral muscle. A lot of guys don't really come back that well from that. Yep. Yeah, I, I think he's a sure. I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer at this point. He could retire tomorrow and be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Now, again, it's weird because I think that the people that vote would probably vote against him due to the fact that he would have such a short career and the fact that he's a Steeler player. Let's be real. We've been over this. The Hall yeah, of Fame right. voters are a little biased against Pittsburgh, but that's beside the point. Um, but yeah, break, he, he broke the sack record, but we'll deal with that at another time. But 22 and a half sacks in a, in a season was fantastic. Um, and he did it in 15 games. Yeah. 15 games. He missed two games that season. Well, and he put up five and a half sacks last year on eight games. It's almost, yeah. you know, it's almost a sack a game. He would have, if had he been completely healthy and everything else, he would have gone completely off on that. And so that would have been fun to see. I'm excited to see what he's going to do this year because of all the help, because of all the help, the Cam Hayward, the Alex Highsmith, all the stuff. Um, you, you can't always choose to double team TJ because someone else is going to come. Someone else is going to get through. So Yeah. And finally, in base defense, they're going to have a nose tackle that that is actually going to command some double teams from time to time. If you have a small center, Keanu Benton's going to beat beat him up, man. Uh, so I'm excited about Keanu Benton in the middle, man. Every time I see a picture of him and he's wearing just a t-shirt, I'm like, oh man, he's big. <laughs> it gets me excited seeing how big and strong that dude is, knowing he's going to be in the middle of the defense now. Uh, but in the middle of the secondary is where Minka Fitzpatrick has been roaming the last few years for Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And Minka is also strapping together Pro Bowl after Pro Bowl after Pro Bowl after Pro Bowl. Uh, there's a gap in there, but yes, he's sitting at, <laughs> uh, it appears he's sitting at five with one, two, three, four, five, all five and five. He's five pro bowls, five first team all pros. Um, <laughs> so resume very similar to TJ Watts last year. He actually tied, uh, for the most interceptions in the entire NFL with how many he had. Uh, he and one other person, I believe had six interceptions last year. So, uh, Minka, also putting together an incredible resume. 
also looking like he's nowhere even close to slowing down. Uh, and again, similar opinion from me is a couple more bowls and you're not going to be able to even quantify the, the opposition of saying he shouldn't belong. It's going to be, Oh yeah, he should go in and probably first ballot. Yep. Uh, so uh, I love the direction of where he's going, the dominance and the fact that people even there's a, a podcast I listen to that's a, a Dolphins guy and a Bills guy. And they just they break down players all the time. Right. Uh, draft prospects. They talk about teams and what they are right now. Uh, the Dolphins guy absolutely hated Minka for the first couple of years that he was gone from, from Miami because of the fact that he left and he felt like he kind of powdered his way out. He now admits that he's the best safety in the league. <laughs> so that says something for somebody that was jaded and absolutely hated Minka because of the fact that he left his team and now still admits, okay, yeah, he is that good. Yeah. Uh, so I think that that shows that there really isn't going to be anybody that's going to be able to say, no, Minka shouldn't go to the Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah, especially. I mean Get a couple more, you're done. Yeah, and if, especially if he puts up some more interceptions. I mean, if he gets – he's at 19 career interceptions now. Um, if he happens to end his career and gets 13 more in in that time frame somewhere, which is easily possible. Um, yeah, he could do that in two years. <laughs> he, he passes Troy Palomalu. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's crazy how that stat can get pretty broken and pretty up there. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right about where Jack Ham and Jack Lambert are too. I want to say one of them's at twenty eight, one of them's at twenty nine. Like these, these guys had a lot of interceptions in their career, and I do believe that Minka's got a good shot of getting up to forty or more. You know, yeah. he, he's just one of those guys. He's always getting at least four or five picks. It seems every year. Uh, so, yeah, and another uh, guy, it, it, another guy that's getting picks pretty often, uh, and is actually up there on the ratings right now. Already has more than. Um, Troy Palmolo, but it's a little bit different position at the quarterback room, Patrick Peterson. Now, again, this mm -hmm. is a current Steelers player. He hasn't actually played a game in the black and gold yet, um, but he's still on the team. He's still a future Hall of Famer. It's a guy that's played in the league for what? He's been around since... At least 10 years, right? It has to be. He was drafted in 2011. So, yeah. it's It's been a good time. He, and he was 11 years? 2011. Yeah, 11 years. Yeah, because he was drafted in 2011 yeah. by Arizona. He's got, I think, eight Pro Bowls already. Uh, one, two, yeah, three, Yeah, I got the right four, number on that. The one six, guy that hasn't been with eight. Pittsburgh. <laughs> eight, but they were all at the beginning, rookie rookie year and on, and then he hasn't had any yeah. Pro Bowls or anything in the past four years. Um, yeah, but last year, didn't he have like five interceptions last year? He had a really solid – it was like 15 pass breakups and, and five picks or four picks. He put up some good numbers last, last year? year. Yeah, five five interceptions, um, fifteen pass defended, which is almost his career high. His career high is sixteen. Uh, so yeah. yeah, yeah, he had a great year last year. Uh, no fumbles or fumble recoveries. No stats there. No touchdowns. Um, anything like that. But he also, um, I'm trying to see these other stat lines. He had three tackles for loss. No sacks. No safety. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, and that's not what you ask him to do. You ask no, him to get no. his hands on the ball, and that's what he did, you know? Yeah, five picks. Uh, if he was on Pittsburgh last year, he'd have been number two in interceptions and and right there with pass breakups. I want to say Cam Sutton was about the same spot, 14 or 15 mm -hmm. PBUs last year. So, yeah, that 
As far as what Pittsburgh needs him to do, I'm really excited seeing what he has done as recently as last year. Uh, but his resume already screams Hall of Fame. So um, if he can continue and maybe put another one or two up there, it just makes it a little more obvious. Uh, it would be nice if he can do some as a stealer, and then maybe he starts having the internal discussion about going in as a stealer. I think he probably would want to go in as a Cardinal, being that most of his production was was with Arizona. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, it's another guy that's going to go to the Hall of Fame on the current roster. Uh, but my question to you, Cody, is outside of those four guys, is there anyone else on the roster right now that you think – by the time their career is over, we're talking about this person also should be going into the hall. Oh, probably, James, but I'm not going to lie. You put me on the spot here. <laughs> um, I'm trying to pull up some numbers to, to back up what I'm about to say. Yeah. Um, here we go. This is what I want right here. Uh, is that it? Who's the guy? Who are you leaning towards? We got some dead air right now. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm leaning towards, <laughs> and it's gonna say, it's gonna sound very, very bad. I'm just being honest with you. <laughs> you. And people are gonna judge me, and and I know that there's this is saying a lot. But Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett, given the right opportunity and the right situations, I believe can easily be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, he's only played in 13 games. He started 12 of them. He has a seven and five record. A 63% completion rating, which quite frankly, um, when you look at that number, and I'm trying to find the percentage, pass completion percentage, the top players, in, he had a, excuse me, 63% completion rating in his rookie year, not even playing the whole time. When I talk about guys for their whole career, and obviously the career's longer, more time to make mistakes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Joe Montana, 63.2%. Uh, career passing rating. Some guys that are already in. Brett Favre, 62%. Uh, Troy Aikman, 61.5%. You got guys that have been around. Eli Manning, 60.3%. I mean, even when you get into talking about, you know, Steelers quarterbacks, I'm pretty sure that... Um, that's pretty, probably a lot higher than what Terry Bradshaw it's, was. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I'm <laughs> I'm sure it's way higher. Um, and there was another name that I wanted to talk about on here, but I don't see him. But anyways, uh, I just think Kenny Pickett has a chance to really put some numbers up and with the weapons they've given him, we talk about the three, arguably four tight ends. If you include Connor Hayward, that can all catch the ball. You talk about George Pickens, Deontay Johnston, Calvin Austin, the, the third, we haven't even got a chance to see yet, but he's super speedy, super quick, quick. Um, Alan Robinson, the third, who is a, I think an underrated player on the team right now. He has a lot mm -hmm. of potential to put up some crazy numbers and I'm just excited to see it happen. Um, so that's a way too soon <laughs> guess, but Kenny Pickett is one guy that I will absolutely say. There's another one, but I want to see if you say him first. So I like your direction with that. And the thing that has me so encouraged about Kenny Pickett is that people look at what he did in his rookie season and they're like, mm -hmm. Yeah, well, he had seven touchdowns and nine interceptions, man. Well, eight of those interceptions came before the bye. He only threw one interception in the last nine games. Yep. To me, that shows so much progression and maturity throughout the season that if he continues on that path of progression that we saw in just the first 13 games of play in his professional career, uh, it really is trending in the right direction, if you ask me. Uh, 
I'm thinking that this season we're going to see a TD to interception ratio from him that might be three to one. And I'll be ecstatic with a three to one from, from Kenny this upcoming season. Uh, so I like where you're going with that. Uh, to me, the, the person that we should be looking at here, there's two of them that I really want to talk about. Uh, the first one I'm going to say is Pat Fryermuth. I think this year Pat Fryermuth overtakes Mark Andrews. I don't think he's going to overtake Travis Kelsey. I think Travis is on a whole nother planet. And, and probably George Andrews Kittle too. On, yeah, Mark Andrews, on the other hand, has got to have his bullseye on uh, because those two guys, unless one of the two of them doesn't, unless they retire or get injured or something, that's who you have to surpass to get in the Pro Bowl. And you have to stack Pro Bowls to get into the Hall of Fame. Um, I think this season is where we see Pat start getting in that 80 plus catches. I think we see him even flirt with double digit touchdowns. Uh, and once he gets going, man, I don't see much slowing him down. And old age is going to start slowing down both Kelsey and Andrews. Uh, I want to say Andrews came into the league as an older prospect too. Uh, so he's a little older than people realize. Uh, but, I think that's where we should be looking at on the offensive side of the ball other than Kenny Pickett. And on defense, for me, it's Alex Highsmith. Uh, should have been a pro bowler last year, which yep. would have been uh, in his third season in the NFL. Uh, he is on people's radars now. If he has another season like he did last season, this upcoming season, uh, I don't see how he doesn't go to the pro bowl. And if he can continue in that range of that 14 and a half, the sacks with five force fumbles, uh, you're talking about a guy that you're not going to keep out of it. And again, he's young still. Given that extension, I could see him easily ending up a Hall of Fame candidate at the end of his career as well. Uh, again, got to stay healthy, got to make it into your your early to mid-30s, still producing at a high level. Uh, but I see him having all the capability of doing so. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I did want to look up a stat here just out of curiosity. Um <clears throat> So comparing the first two years between uh, Mark Andrews and uh, Pat Frymuth, Mark Andrews in his first year had 50 targets for 34 receptions, 552 yards, and three touchdowns. Uh, Pat had 79 targets, 60 receptions for 497 yards, so less yards, uh, and seven touchdowns. So more touchdowns. <laughs> and again, that was Ben's farewell year. Now when I look at Mark yeah. Andrews in his second year, where he had, you know, a young developing Lamar Jackson. It was his first Pro Bowl year for Mark Andrews. He has three on his career. This was his second, or this was his first in his second year. He had 98 targets for 64 receptions, uh, 852 yards, and 10 touchdowns. Uh, Pat Fryermuth, with the rookie quarterback, all the stress going on with that and the injuries with, you know, Mitch Trubisky, not knowing who's going to play, but all the stuff. He had 98 targets, the exact same number of targets, 63 receptions, one less reception than he had, uh, than Mark Andrews, 732 yards, so roughly 120 yards less, uh, and then unfortunately only two touchdowns. Kenny Pickett, towards the end of the year, started getting in a very, very good rhythm with Pat Fryermuth, and I expect that to continue. I expect uh, Kenny Pickett to realize what Ben realized when he had Heath Miller, that hey. This guy's a big body, has good hands, and doesn't drop the ball. I expect Kenny Pickett, or I expect uh, Pat Fryermuth to 
have the most targets of his career this year. So I expect him to have more than 98 this year. Yeah, and Travis Kelsey's 33. So you figure that drop-off's got to start happening soon. Uh, Mark Andrews hits 28 years old in September. So he'll be 28 before the season starts. Jeez. Um, so I, I think that, yeah, the we're primed for a uh, Pat Fryermuth takeover. Was Pat the other guy that you wanted to talk about that I hit on your guy? Yep, yep, it was Pat. <laughs> I figured, And I figured you want to talk about him because me and you were both yeah. big on our tight ends and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, Especially Penn State boys. Yeah, Penn State boys for the win. Um, so now with that being said, we're going to – well, let's talk about the other guys. I almost skipped it. Yeah, yeah. So um, the the other topic we wanted to get into before we get into the free agents are what are the in-between guys, the guys that are already retired but aren't eligible for the Hall of Fame yet that should be able to get in. Um, the short list that I came up with with – not really uh, getting too in-depth with it. Uh, Big Ben, David DeCastro, Marquise Pouncey, uh, all of whom have a very serious resume, all of whom I believe uh, should go into the Hall of Fame. Not necessarily their first year of eligibility, but uh, I think all of them should get in there within three to five years of eligibility. Yeah, Big Big Ben will more than likely get in on year one. Uh, I hope so. The two Super I could Bowl. see it being year two, though, just I because could. of the, the anti-Steeler bias. <laughs> uh, but the two Super Bowl victories and the leading the NFL in most 500-yard passing games should be enough on top of his well-built-up resume uh, yeah. to get him in on the first ballot. So I agree with you. I can't think of anyone other than those three guys, quite frankly. Uh, David DeCastro, one of the best pulling guards I've ever watched in the NFL. Um, and then Marquise Pouncey as well, phenomenal pulling center, um, fierce, just a phenomenal, phenomenal. Play. And it's unfortunate how his career ended with the high snap and all that stuff in the, in that Cleveland Browns playoff loss, unfortunately. Um, but a great career for all three of those guys. And I expect all of them to be in the hall of fame. I think, I think DeCastro might be year two, although I think he has just as much a reason to be first ballot. Um, I don't see Pouncey being a first ballot hall of famer. Yeah, I feel like it's just because interior guys, you know, yep. the centers and guards, they almost never go right away. They almost always have to wait. Even Alan Fanica had to wait a few years before he got in, yep. uh, even though he had more pro bowls and more all pros than guys like Steve Hutchinson and other people that went in front of him um, with similar eligibility, better resume for uh Alan Fanica and he still had to wait longer. Yep. Uh, so I would expect a similar treatment for them, but I would also expect them to get in at some point in time. Um, I think that's where you kind of have to sit and wait. You know, the next best resume after those guys is James Harrison. He's already eligible. Yep. Uh, will Harrison get in? I don't know. It's kind of a bottleneck. I, I think he should. He's a defensive it's, player of the year. He's defensive a five player of the pro year, five time pro bowler. The, freaking pick six in the super bowl that was the longest yeah. you know there's there's a lot of reasons that he should go in um quite frankly but was it enough is what people are going to say was was the whole amount of his body of work over his career enough i think yes uh but i, I think part of it too is going to be is it a bottleneck because of him and Heinz Ward trying to get in at the same time as a dividing voters yeah some voting for one some voting for another it might be one of them needs to get in for the other one to have a chance kind of thing. Yep. Yep. I agree. I'm really curious to see how that works out. Um, we are going to talk briefly now about the free agents for next year. 
And I say briefly only because James and I are kind of on the same page here. There's not a lot of guys on this list that we're super worried about for next year, um, which is very interesting for the draft for um, who we're keeping and, and potentially who could even stay this year. So, James, do you want me just to go through this list completely real quick? Do you want to talk about let's, price tag on them? Let's do a couple of them at a time. I don't think we need to talk about the price tag. It's kind of a moot point on these okay. guys. Uh, but let's talk like, you know, four or five of them and then talk, you know, say the names and then let's talk about you yeah. know, how we feel about them. Yeah, let's talk about uh, defensive front guys. So you got Martin Travius Adams at the defensive tackle will be a free agent next year. Um, you have... Uh, Braden Fahoko and then Armand Watts. Um, that's kind of it. You all, I mean, defensive front, I'll also count outside linebackers, Marcus Golden and Alex Highsmith as well. Um, yeah. on this list. So, yeah. So when we look at those guys, uh, you've got three defensive linemen who should all their back of the roster guys, if you ask me, and then a couple outside linebackers who definitely needle. Alex Highsmith, both Cody and I are hoping that he gets a, a large long-term extension, give him a four-year extension, whatever you want to do. Uh, pay the man. Let's keep him and TJ Watt on the team together uh, for as long as possible. Uh, Marcus Golden, hey, if you can get him back next year on a reasonable deal and he plays well this upcoming season, I'm in. 100%. I'm in. Yeah, so to me, he's one of the few on this that I'm definitely interested in getting back next year. Uh, but it all depends on how this season goes. Cause if he plays too well, he's going to want a bigger deal from somebody else in the opportunity yep. to start. And if he plays like uh, crap, we don't want him. Yeah, that's it. He needs to walk that fine line and give us like three or four sacks as a backup to where we want to get him back, but not enough that somebody wants him to yeah. start. Falling. And and here's the reasoning for this. And again, some people for anyone that's new to football, if you're listening or I, I can't imagine you're new to football, um, but just kind of don't understand why you target specific players in free agency or draft or this or that. You don't have a you you have X number of picks in the draft, and you can only target that X number. You're always gonna have Y number of needs. If you can get someone like Marcus Golden, who's gonna come in and hopefully be a healthy rotational guy, give TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith a break, but still be productive and not be a weak link to where people can just target him over and over again and just bury us whether it be on the run or an out, a screenplay or whatever. Um, that's a guy, It's it it gives you a, a stopper for a year saying, hey, outside linebacker is not a concern for this year. Let's move on. Because you're always yeah. going to need, even if we sign Alex Highsmith to a long-term deal, sure, you got your two starters for long-term deals. They're set. Injuries happen. They need, a, they need a rotation. They need breaks. Marcus Golden has the potential to really, really help us out in being that extra, you know, almost like a temporary it's like a band-aid um quite frankly like you will need to address it sooner or later but especially with his age but that's a good guy to come in and hopefully help us out to not have to prioritize so many things when you only have y number of uh draft picks and stuff like that so yeah yeah so i agree with you on that he's he's at this stage of his career he's a high quality backup which pittsburgh hasn't really had at the outside linebacker position uh, so we're happy to have him on the team. Moving from the outside linebackers and defensive linemen to inside linebackers, there's two of them on this group, Nick Kwiatkowski and Tanner Muse. Both of them were just signed in free agency. We haven't even seen them on the field. Uh, one has a better resume than the other, which would be Nick Kwiatkowski. Tanner Muse has basically been just special teamer so far in his career. Yep. Uh, so neither one moves the needle for me in any significant manner. This may change after the season. Yep. Um 
But also there's a chance that one of the two of these guys doesn't even make the 53-man roster. It just depends on how many middle linebackers Pittsburgh decides to keep this season. Very uh, true. So <clears throat> we'll see right now. Neither one taking too much more time on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's get into the secondary now, Cody. Yeah, you want to so, go safeties or you want to go corners? First? I think we just kind of go through. There's only, I think there's uh, five guys on this list. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll just name them all. Shannon Sullivan, the cornerback who we've talked a lot about potentially playing nickel, starting nickel potentially. Uh, Duke Dawson, another cornerback. You have Levi Wallace, who's arguably the second best corner on the on the team right now outside of, you know, we haven't seen the rookies play. Uh, and then you have the safety, Miles Killebrew, and the safety, Elijah Riley. Cornerback, I might think it. James Pierre as well on that list. James Pierre, I apologize. I missed his mm-hmm. name. Um, I completely missed his name. I don't see his name anywhere on that list. For He's me. right in the middle after Gunnar Olszewski. You are correct. I'm blind. Yeah. Um, so you have four cornerbacks that are going to be out this out next year. You drafted two this year. There's more than likely a chance one of these guys stays. I think if Shannon Sullivan can come in and be a intricate part of nickel defense specifically, you have every reason to bring him back. Levi Wallace, I think, is going to be too big of a price tag. Um, if if the rookies play well enough that they can step up in those roles, um, I don't think it's worth you know, put, putting the price tag on Levi Wallace whenever you can get quality play out of somebody else. And then James Pierre, it's tough. He's a good gunner. Um, excuse me, he doesn't even does he is he a gunner? Yeah, okay. he was a starting gunner with Miles Boykin. Left. Yeah, I'm, right. I was yeah. thinking also about his his pick against Denver two years ago that sealed the game. But I don't know. He, he's a hit or miss. James Pierre, you could probably find yep. a quality quality replacement in the seventh round, sixth seventh round of the draft. Um. So the cornerbacks, I'm kind of up in the air on, and then safeties, James. If unless you want to say something else about the corners. No, to me, it's it's basically Levi Wallace. Of them on back of the roster, dudes. Um, and Levi Wallace again. It all depends on the development of Corey Trice. We expect uh, to see Joey Porter Jr. as a starting corner, not necessarily week one, but definitely by the end of the season. Yep. You still need a second starting corner. Is it going to be Patrick Peterson? Or are they going to be moving him more to the slot? If Patrick Peterson is the number two starting corner, well, you're not going to pay a third one. The whole reason of having Levi Walter right now is that you don't have to push Joey Porter Jr. on the field right away. Yep. Uh, you want him to get some playing time, but you don't want him getting beat up by guys like Jamar Chase uh, and these high-end wide receivers and then getting down in the dumps and losing his confidence. We need to make sure the man is developed properly. Uh, so I'm with you, Levi Wallace. I would be interested in next year if someone is not ready that we be ready for, for next season. Yeah. Um, but the rest of them, unless they can find initial, like you said, Duke Dawson, Shannon Sullivan is nickel guys possibly. Uh, James Pierre, I think, is not for long on the roster yeah nope nope i agree um safeties elijah riley and miles killebrew elijah yeah, riley miles elijah riley is like the priority in my mind uh yeah miles killebrew had great two punt blocks hasn't done anything since um, or, or before yeah true fair let's let's call it what it is he did nothing before that uh, which is why he ended up in Pittsburgh. And we were saying, is he a linebacker? Is he a safety? We don't even know. Uh, it turns out his best role is a special teamer. And last year as a special teamer, he didn't do much. No, no. 
So the year before was the two block season. And how long do you give guy a guy a roster spot based off of something he did two years previous? Yeah, not very long, quite frankly, in my yeah. opinion. Um, yeah. Speaking of special teamers, let's go ahead and hit that, knock that out of the park. Uh, Braden Mann, <laughs> the punter, will be a free agent next year if we can keep him. Again, 100% yeah. of this depends on the Presley Harvin versus him in training camp. Um, obviously, if Braden Mann wins the starting job, you bring him back. But again, we already went over that earlier. He has yep. to really, really shine in order to do that. Um, looking at the offensive side of the ball, going over offensive line first, there's two guys on this list, uh, Kevin Dotson and LaRaven Clark. Kevin Dotson, again, we've already talked about. Um, he's going to be getting that big pay boost this year. Is it worth bringing him back? And then on top of that, um, he's bumping down in the roster positions because we're getting quality guys in that are able to bump him off. And then yeah. LaRaven La Clark probably isn't even going to make the team. So uh <laughs> that's where we're at with that um yeah so i think both those guys are gone next season you're probably not even going to make an effort back uh unless la raven clark can somehow get that number four offensive tackle job and then is interested in coming back for a league minimum contract again then there's a possibility there but i don't see any scenario in which kevin dotson is a stealer in 2024 yeah, I agree. So now we have a uh, tight end, two, two wide receivers, and a quarterback left. Gunnar Olszewski and Miles Boykin being the two wide receivers, Zach Gentry being the tight end, and Mason Rudolph being the quarterback. Now, James, do you want to talk first on this? Because I can be really quick about my opinions on this situation, so I might let you go first. Yep. Yeah, quarterback, very, very cut cut and dry on this, man. If if Mason comes back on a minimum third-string quarterback again in 2024, I'm okay with it. Uh, I don't want to pay him a penny more than that. Uh, moving right along, Gunnar Olszewski, uh, he, this is the only time I'm going to really talk about money on these guys. Two million bucks for Gunnar Olszewski to fumble some punts. I'm out. Uh, I don't even want him on the roster this upcoming season, let alone the season after. Uh, Miles Boykin, I'm okay with him coming back on a minimum deal again as he is right now. Exceptional Gunner. That's why Cody's doing bang, bang with his fingers right now. Uh, he's an <laughs> exceptional gunner on special teams. As a wide receiver, he doesn't really offer too much. But when you're talking about the number five wide receiver, you're not necessarily asking him to do that much. Sometimes it's more special teams than it is on your original position. Uh, so I'm okay with him back on a minimum deal. And then your last guy, Zach Gentry. Um, the man, Zach's done his job. He's big. He's strong. As Cody is describing, he's very tall as well uh it's six foot eight uh but do you pay a number three tight end or do you just draft another guy zach i think is going to want the opportunity for more playing time than what he's going to get this upcoming season because i don't see him getting on the field too often this upcoming season i don't, just don't use three tight ends i don't have to say anything else about that quite frankly i think you hit all the nails that i was going to hit the only thing that i will say about gentry specifically is I yeah. think there is actually a chance. I know we see if you're watching on YouTube, you see my dog. You see my dog so having the zoomies in the background, getting some bones. Get your bone. Uh, <laughs> tail wagon. Uh, Zach Gentry, quite frankly, has, in my opinion, I don't want this to happen. I think he has a chance of if a team has a tight end go down, we talk about Kevin Dotson. There's a chance that Zach Gentry's on the trade block. Uh, when you think about Connor Hayward's ability to play tight end as well. Um, and then Darnell Washington, whether he's a hit or miss with the, in the draft, third round pick that we, we got this past year. And then you got your number one, you got your career long tight end with Pat Frymuth. So, yeah. um, yeah. I don't think it'll happen, but there's some crazy chance that team loses a really big tight end or something. And they 
happened to be like, hey, what would you take? What would we need to give you for Zach Gentry? Because people know we're not trading the guy we just drafted, and people yep. know we're not trading Pat Fryermuth. So yep. Zach Gentry could potentially be on the trade block this year. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that, man. That's that's that makes sense to me. He proved that he's a good number two tight end. Uh, the only reason Pittsburgh did a, a move there was because honestly, Darnell Washington could be a massive upgrade. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, they were talking about him going in the first round before, you know. Yeah, happened, at the end so. of the first, they were expecting. So hey, we got him in the third. Looks like a tremendous pick. We'll see how that pans out for us, but it does move the priority of Zach Gentry down some. Yeah, so with that being said, all sudden done, that's going to end up this end this show. Um, we thank you guys so much for listening or watching if you're on YouTube. Uh, please make sure to give those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. If you get a chance to give those, we will give you guys a shout-out. We check for those every week before we go live to make sure we talk about you guys if you share anything. And again, be sure to like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Subscribe and ring the bell. It's free, folks. And until next time, this is your host, James and Cody, signing off. Peace. So James. If you go to train, like when you go to training camp this year, who do you want to get an autograph from? Oh, that's a good question, man. Uh, Darnell Washington. That's fair. That's fair. I'm going to throw you off with mine. Who's that? Mike Tomlin. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck. That's a long line, man. Yeah. Hey, listen, if you guys are going to be at the training camp this year or a game, hit us up. Let us know if we happen to be going the same time you're going. Uh, we'll make sure to meet at, meet you. I just want to see how much bigger than mine hands are Darnell Washington's. I think they're like eight inches longer per finger. Probably. That's wild behavior, James. Think about that. Think about that.